0: The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. It's been voted the top golf course in the Burlington area for the past 14 years. And once you're there, it's obvious to see why. A gorgeous golf course with breathtaking views of Rattlesnake Point and Mount Nemo, That's the Niagara Escarpment, folks. Lush fairways and beautifully manicured greens make Crosswinds one of the finest courses you'll ever play. And when it comes to customer satisfaction, customer service, Crosswinds is head and shoulders above the competition. But why take my word for it? Go to CrosswindsGolf.com for more information and book your tee time now. Tell them Hebsy sent you. Now let's start the podcast. And welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 191. I got ahead of myself. I thought it was 192. for I woke up this morning thinking, this is 192. It's not. It's 191. From the makeshift studio in Little Italy, I'm your host, Mark Hebbsher. And from the indoor and sometimes outdoor <laughs> mobile studio to go in New Toronto, it's Toronto Mike at the controls. You've actually got that 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 studio working now, Mike, the, the, the backyard studio?
1: Yeah, we gave it a good go with uh, Ben Rayner, formerly of the Toronto Star. We did it yeah. and as long as it doesn't rain, I'm good to go out there. It's it's actually really nice. You hear birds that, chir- you hear birds chirping. It's pretty nice out there.
0: Nice. Well, we'll have to do a version of Hebsion Sports from the outdoor studio one day. For sure. Maybe this summer. Maybe this summer. Okay, today on the show, the NHL's Hall of Fame class was announced the other day, and naturally, there are some disagreements. The word snub has been used often. Many believe Alexander McGilney, for one, was snubbed, along with Daniel Alfredson, Jeremy Roenick, Bernie Nichols, Theron Fleury, Pierre Turgeon, several women players who were not inducted. And the list goes on and on. What do you think? Should McGilney be in the Hall of Fame? We're going to talk about that a little later. Vancouver, out as a possible hub city for the NHL because the medical officer of health there was kind of like, "Mm, you know what? I don't think so. Because if one person tests positive for COVID-19, we're going to have to shut the whole thing down. So they didn't want to do it in Vancouver. And now maybe Toronto will be a hub. Maybe Edmonton will be a hub. We'll find out. We'll see. Um, Mackenzie Hughes, like I've been saying, is going to be a hell of a golfer. He's Canadian from Dundas, Ontario. I've been talking about him for quite some time. Yesterday, he shot a 10 under par 60 to take the opening round lead at the whatever golf tournament's going on this week. (laughs) Baseball's new rules will be in evidence during their upcoming 60-game schedule. That's right, a race to the finish. 60-game schedule starting in late July. We're going to talk about that as well as some of the rules. Some that's going to be really weird for those of you who aren't up on baseball rules because extra innings is going to begin... With a runner at second base. That's right. Just like they have in the minors. You start extra innings with a runner at second base. Like Whole new ball game. Yeah. The designated hitter will now be part of the National League. No more double switches. All that stuff. So many new rules. And a 60-game schedule with no fans. It's just going to be bizarre. Mm-hmm. But I'll take bizarre over no baseball at all. Should Vince Carter's number 15 be raised to the rafters in Toronto now that he's retired after 22 NBA seasons? We'll talk about that as well. Would you have revealed Austin Matthews' name as testing positive for COVID-19 if you were a reporter like Steve Simmons? And would you change the name of the Conn Smythe Trophy, as many have suggested, because of his alleged ties to racism? That's all coming up on this show. Let's get right to it, Mike. The NHL was supposed to commit this week to two hub cities. They were going to announce which two hub cities would co- host the Stanley cup tournament. <clears throat> and then we were on our way to starting training camp to getting things going and having the conclusion of the NHL season with the Stanley cup playdowns. But guess what? The NHL no announcement. All they announced was that Vancouver wasn't going to be one of the hub cities. Now, the more I think about it, the more as I, I doesn't matter to me where it's being played, they could play it on Mars. And I wouldn't know the difference because it's going to be in an empty arena. With no seats and no atmosphere or anything like that at all, so it really makes no difference where it's being played. And the players and the staff and the families are all going to be sequestered, you know, away from the rest of the world in a bubble is the best way to put it. So it doesn't matter if that bubble is in Vancouver or Edmonton or I don't want it anywhere near my city, Toronto. I'm thinking it might be here now, and then it's just gonna. Oh my God, was was that was that a Austin Matthews sighting there? Did we see? You know, it's gonna be like uh, there like a like a goldfish bowl thing it's just going to be weird so uh thursday bc provincial health officer dr bonnie henry said if there were to be a positive case that arose they would investigate and determine if anyone else became ill quote it might mean suspension of part of a series for a period of time until that could be done so mike it's almost as if you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop because in every single sport now every single sport there have been positive cases, and not just one. But it's sort of the average, I guess, of the general population. Like they did 200 and some odd tests, and there were nine positive tests. Is that about the – that would be maybe the average if they were to test 200 and some odd random people in the city of Toronto.
1: See, I disagree. With, I don't know. I, I got to say, you say uh, you don't care where it is because what does it matter where they're playing? Like, to me, it actually does matter to me. Like, I don't want – than playing in the city I live in. I don't. Oh, I don't... I'm No, no. I'm saying oh, okay, I agree. Okay, I agree. Okay. As
0: long as it's not in my
1: city. Okay, gotcha. Huh?
0: Yeah, I, I don't. No, I don't want it here at all. Not at all. Like it won't I get angry. To, you know, I want to see the games we play.
1: Yeah. Okay. let so so get it the hell out of here. What a what a bold move there by bonnie i think her name's uh bonnie what's her name ba- bonnie henry dr bonnie henry. Bonnie Henry, yeah
0: she's the bc um, um not the, uh, the not the minister of health the uh what's the expression? yeah
1: the the one that's public sector not uh, uh provincial
0: health officer right same
1: thing right Pretty much the same thing. well no because one not a is uh one is like yeah one is you're a member of the party in charge the other is you actually don't represent a party so Bernie, right so i don't know why we don't follow suit like let's let's and I, you know we're hearing rumblings i'm sure you'll get to it but they'll be like the blue jays ask permission to go to toronto yeah. like i get so angry i'm like make make masks mandatory and tell all these sports teams we're in a pandemic right now and they're a low priority let's let's clean this up and they can go somewhere else
0: yeah, that's why I say just ha- you know have a tournament on Mars or just send everybody to you know um, Tasmania, whatever it is. Just send everybody to a place, play the games, have them televised. It doesn't matter where it's taking place. That's Australia, I mean, we're right? used to the. We're already used to the illusion, anyway, right, Mike? With television, I mean, you and I have discussed the the sounds they're pumping in for soccer games, of which more and more people are <laughs> becoming accustomed to. So it's all an illusion. It's a television illusion. Show us the games. Pretend that there's fans in the park. I don't care. Pretend that you're playing in Toronto. It doesn't matter. Just play the games, have the results. Um, and all the other stuff makes no difference at all. There is not going to be a home field or home ice advantage except for last change in hockey and bottom of the inning for the, the home team in baseball, stuff like that.
1: Why all this pretending? Why can't the game be the star? Like, don't, the game. Like, when we they're watch- worried. They're worried that the game alone won't, that the game
0: alone, without the atmosphere that surrounds it, will be a dud. Well,
1: tough cookies. This is a pandemic. This is how it tough goes. <laughs> <Right. Tough laughs> Pardon cookies. my French. I know it's uh, early. Okay, in the we agree that we don't want it in Toronto.
0: We don't want these people anywhere. We don't want anyone near. We don't want any situation that's going to make things works for the citizens of Toronto. Right. We're, you know, we're trying to, now that the bars and restaurants are open, now that uh, phase two is going on, the last thing you want is a setback. Right. And if, uh, you know, a bunch of pro athletes and their families and friends and, I'm not friends, but their families and staff and whatever, um, many of whom have already contracted COVID-19 elsewhere, like in Florida or Arizona, you know, bring that up here. So yeah, come on up here. Even if they quarantine for 14 days, I mean, I would be okay if they quarantine for 14 days, like anyone else. Come, you can quarantine for 14 days and then you're perfectly safe. But to allow them to say, yeah, I don't have to have the 14 day quarantine, just bring them in. No chance. No way. No dice. No dice. Okay, the Hockey Hall of Fame announced their new inductees the other day. Jerome McGinley, Marion Hosa, Doug Wilson, Kevin Lowe, Kim St. Pierre, and builder Ken Holland. Naturally, there was a lot of grumbling, and the word snub is being thrown around when it comes to Alexander McGilney and Daniel Alfredson and Jeremy Roenick. And Pierre Turgeon and Bernie Nichols and Theron Fleury. And I'm sure there's others, you know, who deserve to be in, according to a lot of people, Paul Henderson. Right. But aren't, didn't get it. Right. And every year, it just seems more than other sports, more than other sports, the NHLs, the Hockey Hall of Fame, you kind of scratch your head. And this is where it gets difficult. I can't, look, there's guys that are in the Hall of Fame that, according to a lot of people, do not deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And with and that's been going on for a number of years. And so the bar that was set originally by the league was low, and that takes nothing away from the real, honest to goodness, great, immortal players of the game. But if you look at the Hockey Hall of Fame, you're going to scratch your head at a lot. You're going to go, "Why is that guy in there? His numbers weren't that good, or he didn't win many Stanley Cups, or he won a bunch of Stanley Cups, but but he didn't have great numbers." And the further back you go, you realize that that a good majority of the original 120 players that were in the 16 NHL, like a lot of those guys made it to the hall of fame because back in the day, the voting was, Oh, he played 18 years, played a thousand games. He's in. Right. And then eventually it was like, Oh, he got 500 goals. He's in that type of a thing. And so now more and more and more, you're looking at a guy, for example, like um, Alexander McGilney, who, look, when I first saw him play, yeah, great young player. Was he going to be a Hall of Famer? A little early to tell, but, geez, the guy scored 76 goals one year. Woo-hoo! And then he scored 55 one year, and then he scored 43, and then he never reached those numbers again, and he missed a lot of playing time. And I think he was a fragile player. He was not a good defensive player. He ended up winning a Stanley Cup with New Jersey. But honest to God, I, I, like, I honestly don't think that he – belongs to the Hall of Fame, but a lot of people have said, listen, you got to compare his numbers to other guys that are in the Hall of Fame. This is where it gets sticky. Compare his numbers to Bernie Federco's numbers, for example, who's in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to get into this argument because Bernie Federco deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. He was voted in. Who who am I to say that he doesn't
1: deserve to be but in? that doesn't mean what you deserve it. What if I got voted? What's that? that? That doesn't mean you deserve it because you were voted in, right? Why not? Like, there Why? are players out there who are just so kind to the media and so beloved by the media that literally people are almost rooting for you. And if they, you know, if it's close, you're in because I like you. And that guy, he wasn't good of the media. He's not in because I didn't like that guy. Like, just being voted in does not mean you deserve to be in.
0: That's bullshit, Mike. Who, according to who? You? If well, a panel of if a panel yeah. of people vote someone in, who are you to say that that person doesn't belong to go in? What if someone said, we're going to vote in Mike Boone for the Podcasting Hall of Fame? And someone comes along and goes, just on Twitter and goes, he doesn't deserve well, to they'd be in be the right. Podcasting Hall of Fame. He doesn't <laughs> deserve it. According to that person, you don't deserve to go in. But according to the, the ones who are the decision makers, all right, Right. The ones who have influence, right. The ones who make the ultimate decision, you absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. So, who's right and wrong? The ones, the selection committee? Well, they could get it wrong, people right? Or on Twitter are the people who grumble because you got in and their favorite player didn't get in. That's the difference. The year that Bernie Federico went in, a lot of people went, Bernie Federico, how come, and I forget what year it was, how come so and so didn't get in? Right? Right. And that's unfair to Bernie Federico. Bernie Federico didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong to
1: not get oh, in the ball. it's Hall unfair of Fame. to Bernie, no doubt. Uh, but I'm
0: saying he didn't do anything wrong. Right. Right. He, I agree with you. You shouldn't be pointing to Bernie and saying, you don't deserve it. I don't care if you point to someone else and say, this guy should be in. But you can't say that that guy should be in and that guy shouldn't be in because the guy who's already in there shouldn't. You can't take away a Hall of Fame induction from a guy because you don't think he was as good as your guy.
1: Well, clearly you can't take it away, but you sure as heck can argue that uh, he doesn't belong there. he doesn't deserve to be in? Right. Like, if you look at this year, like just talk about the men today. Let's let's just talk about the men who got in this year. Only one of those guys, and leave leave Ken Holland aside because I don't understand that whole section. Okay, the builders. Okay, but
0: what's what's not to understand? Well, I don't know the criteria. I never know if a builder deserves players. They want officials. They want yeah, but I can't tell
1: you if he deserves to be in there or not. I mean, he built Stanley Cup winning teams. Okay, I think he does fine. So, of the men who got in and played hockey. Only one, in my opinion, uh, was a surefire Hall of Famer. Like, so I, don't, you're gonna use the word snub, and we're gonna talk about the word snub. I'd argue that there's no snubs. The only snub that could have happened is if Jerome McGinley was not voted in. Like everything after Jerome was like, well, I don't know, like, like could be could be in, could not be in. There was no surefire Hall of Famers beyond Daniel Iggy. Alfredson. Nah, you're not a surefire Hall of Famer,
0: according to you. According to many people, he is a surefire. Well, according to the voters and, he's and not. <laughs> was snubbed. And how about this? In Ottawa, they're going, Whoa, Marion Hosa got in and Daniel Alfredson didn't get in. And this is where it comes down to. Right. Is Marion Hosa deserving of the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely he is. Okay. I feel the 100%. same way about him
1: as I do about Alfredson. Like maybe, but maybe not.
0: But that's your opinion. You're not on the selection committee. And had you been on the selection committee and said, I won't vote for him, you still might've gotten voted down by the other members.
1: Sure. It's
0: the way it is. It's an imperfect world. Hosa
1: is, as I, I mean, not Alfredson's a nice guy too, but I understand Hossa is a particularly, he's a sweetheart, right? Like he's a guy that is uh, beloved by media people. Have you heard that before? Okay. Listen, well, I just up, think it helps you. you. This, right? I think it helps you.
0: Most of these people, most of these people in the hockey hall of fame, very, very few of them, were not media friendly, very few in hockey, especially in hockey, Right. very few. You can't look at anybody in the Hockey Hall of Fame and go, oh, that guy was a first-class prick, shouldn't have gotten in or whatever. Now, are players not in the Hall of Fame because they weren't media friendly? Hard for me to say. I don't know. I don't know everybody on the selection committee. I don't know if you take personal bias. I don't know if the guy got, you know, the word snub. If I tried to interview you, you Kevin Lowe is a good
1: example. Kevin Lowe. I never once, I watched almost his entire career. I watched pretty closely. And I don't remember ever having that moment of a future hall of famer for Kevin Lowe. Like I never considered that. Did you, did you ever think Kevin Lowe was a future hall of famer?
0: I did not. But, but if I, if I look at his career now and I go back, was he an integral part of championship teams? Right. And now you've got to go back into the Hockey Hall of Fame and say, well, what about these guys? What about Bob Pulford?" No one said Bob Pulford was going to be a Hall of Famer. Bob Pulford played, I don't know, 20 years. He played on four cup winners. He was a leader on that team. He got it's not for me to say that he didn't deserve to get in. And that guy did deserve to get in. He's in the Hall of Fame. Right. So you can look at it. You can look at his numbers, for example, and say, well, he's in because he won four cups and virtually everybody on that team. (laughs) got into the hall of fame because they won four cups. So the comparisons now, the easiest thing now to do is say he didn't get in, but look at his numbers. They compare with him. Who's already in. That's the age old thing. But the, for some reason Mm -hmm. when you compare, I don't know, it's like comparing a a light hitting catcher in baseball, who was a great defensive catcher and deserves to be in the hall of fame with a defenseman who never had numbers, six goals, 21 assists or whatever it was. Right. And a plus of 40. But like you say, unless you watch that guy play all the time and said, wow, you know what? He was a solid but unspectacular defenseman. The numbers will never show what kind of a defenseman he was. And you go back in the NHL and look at all those defensemen, Allen, Stanley, Bill Guy. they were not big. The defensemen didn't score a lot of goals. Right? They defended. Does that mean that they're less likely to get into the Hall of Fame because they didn't have flashy numbers? Hey, you played as many minutes or more minutes than any of those forwards that got into the hall of fame. Why shouldn't you be in what? Because you didn't have great numbers. You see?
1: Yeah. The Kevin Lowe one's tricky only because uh, he was surrounded by such elite talent. Like uh, sure. He had a great career, but there's a you lot of great careers. It's no, his fault, his but none of this is about him. It's about the committee. Like, uh, I don't understand like, oh, McGillney. I know maybe I should let you introduce the McGillney topic, but no, I don't uh, even want to. I, okay. I, I, well, McGillney he, probably
0: he might get in, but he might not next year. The Sedin
1: brothers are eligible, but it's not a snub. Like the only snub that could have happened this year is if Aginla was not elected. Like this, this uh, oh, these, none of these these are all debatable, iffy. But
0: wait a second. But wait, wait. But this was again. I think it was Aginla's first year of eligibility, right? Right. I think so. So he was a lock cinch, right? To get in first year. Right. Lots of guys have not gotten in in their first year of eligibility because the selection committee of that Hall of Fame said, now you know what? A, it takes a special, special, special kind of a player. Well, but that's like a baseball thing.
1: That's not a, a hockey thing.
0: Hockey. <laughs> no, no, that's an everything thing. <laughs> Is it? Okay, that's not cause... just baseball. That's everything. Every Hall of Fame, and a lot of Hall of Fames, it's like it's his first year of eligibility. If he's a lock cinch to get in, then you don't even think about it. But if he's right. if, if he's on the bubble... And there's other really good players that are available. They might say, the selection committee might say, not this year. We're going to wait a year. Because these other guys have been waiting seven or eight or ten years. And this again. We're already looking to next year's class saying both Sadine brothers are eligible. Are you telling me that none of the two go in next year? Both of them go in? <laughs> Only one goes in? Right. So you're already, and by the way, Bernie Nichols, Theron Fleury, uh, all these other guys I mentioned, uh, Roenick, Pierre Turgeon, they go back in for next year. They're still eligible for next year. But it's just a new class comes in of guys. Right. And I don't disagree with you that Jerome McGinley was a fantastic player. But I don't know. I would be angry Guaranteed if he was, first ballot uh, Hall of Famer? Yeah. Really? <laughs> he was that much better than Daniel Alfredson? Oh, that yes. Much, oh, that yes. That much better than Marion Hossa?
1: Yes, well, you absolutely. You just want to
0: believe. No, I mean, and remember, Jerome he's in Gindler. Calgary
1: most of his career, so I'm not seeing a lot of him. I'm seeing okay. enough of him, but not a lot of him. But
0: you saw the numbers. He can score a 50-goal score, a fighter, great And you have player, to put leader. everything into
1: account here, right? You're like uh
0: fabulous with the media, much beloved.
1: I would have been personally shocked if a Ginlet was not elected into the Hall of Fame uh, this week. Okay. But none, but none of the others. None, I would, I didn't even like. If Kevin Lowe was not elected, I'd say, well, that makes sense. And if uh, McGillney was elected, I'd be like, well, I guess I could see that. the way, I can kind of see Hossa. But again, I feel the bar. I think we can both agree the bar for the NHL Hall, the Hockey Hall of Fame. Sorry, the Hockey Hall of Fame is too low. Yeah, a lot of great um, players are getting in. It should be for elites. Yeah,
0: I tell you, I was most upset with Cassie Campbell Pascal not getting into the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's look. I I I'm, I'm I'm thrilled that a, that 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 a woman was you know Kim St. Pierre the first female goalie ever to make it to the hockey hall of fame I think it's great but why why just one woman and four guys like why only eight women since 2010 was the first year they allowed women into or they voted women into the hockey hall of fame Angela James uh and uh Cammy Granato but since then, there've only been six other women inducted in the last ten years, and that's wrong. Why not every year? You're putting a builder in there all the time.
1: Yeah, but you Put know four why? It's the uh, or whatever. Why not? The universe of players you're drawing from is such a minuscule percentage of that universe of players you're drawing from uh, on the men's side.
0: Fine. So, but still, why not include them?
1: No, I, I don't have no why, argument for me. Why
0: forty? Why forty male players and only six female players in the last? Uh, decade why why not uh why not manon rayon why not julie chu i mean cassie campbell pascal is a lock cinch as far as i'm concerned so it's like oh this year one we'll give kim saint pierre one you know a couple years ago we had Haley wickenheiser one there's one for angela james you know oh we got to have a couple of americans in there so there's your cammy granado there's your jenna hefford you know i mean why why can't you go why can't one year you say you know what we're going to put three women in these three were responsible for all these world championships and Olympics. What you're going to get complaints? You're going to get people going. Oh, Jeremy Roenick should have gotten here, not those I'm women. Come on, no,
1: <laughs> come on, Mike. Anyway. I no argument for me. I uh, right. it's I did. I find it a little bit. I find it a little difficult because all we really see, most of us, are Canada versus USA for gold. And this is what That's we true. see, right? So true. we're we're seeing the best. It's almost like if you only saw. An all star game for the NHL every year. Like, it's like if that's the only hockey you saw was the all star game, you would struggle to differentiate between, I mean, Haley Wickenheiser and Cami K- Granado, some of these are no brainer slam, Angela, some of these are no brainer slam donks. And I'm sure Cassie Campbell Pascal will be in next year or the year out. I'm sure she's getting in soon. You're sure? But it's, a, it's very difficult. I, I, I Why probably, is it so difficult? I, fi- I find it is difficult. Is there a limit on the number you of you the Hibsey, Hall of Fame?
0: Is there a limit? Mike.
1: Is there? I don't know. No, okay, there's no know. limit at all. But if you no, only no, watch, if, you, if the only hockey you saw every year was the NHL All-Star game, you would probably have a more difficult time differentiating between a great player and a Hawk, Hockey Hall of Fame player.
0: Again, I'm not on the selection committee. I've never been outraged at the selection of someone, nor have I been outraged that someone was snubbed. I get it. It's Hall of Fame. Maybe you'll get in next year. There are certain people I don't believe deserve to be in the Hall of Fame for reasons that had nothing to do with their play in that particular sport. Okay, the Pete Roses of the world. And now, of course, you open it up to what kind of a human being was this? And, you know, you're going to get people to say, look, it's what that person did on the field or in, in the arena of their choice, not outside. And I, I, at first I was like, yeah, I guess so. Ty Cobb was a son of a bitch, but he's in the hall of fame. But the more I think about it, it's like, I, I'm sorry. I think you have some kind of a duty beyond what happens between the white lines uh, as a human being. And if you don't live up to that, then you don't deserve to be in the hall of fame because the hall of fame is for hall of fame people.
1: What about after your career? I'm thinking of somebody like OJ Simpson.
0: Yep. No, same thing, man. Cause here's the thing. Once you've been inducted into the, or once your career is over, you still have to maintain a certain standard as a human being. And if that standard falls off, or you do something nefarious, or then yeah, you can be taken away from you. Absolutely, like, like double homicide. When you're, given, when you're given the award, it's like you better you better represent the Hall of Fame well, or you're not going to be part of it uh, for much longer. Or we're going to take it away from you. That you should be able to take away, like in any part of life, you should be able to rescind or take away something if that person doesn't live up to their status as a Hall of Famer or whatever.
1: See, that's a we, we could spend an hour on that debate because that's a great debate, uh, the, like the O.J. So. Simpson debate. Like, like if during your playing career you were a, a good role model, and it, you know it, and he was elite in his sport, but,
0: but what if he wasn't though? What if they found out that during his playing career he was unfaithful to his wife? And well, well, that, was, uh, if we kick people out for that, there's no one left in the Hall of Fame. And this, Mike, you just made my point. You just made my point. At what point do you say that's okay? That's okay. That's not okay. Not well, okay, Not well, double just murder in, and Mike, adultery. Not just in sports.
1: You can you can differentiate, right?
0: In life, in life. Let's talk about Con Smythe. All right. Okay. He was the original owner of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He built Maple Leaf Gardens. He was the man. And he was one of six owners or probably four owners in the NHL who wielded incredible power. Uh, And his name graces the playoff MVP trophy. It's a beautiful trophy. It's a Maple Leaf. And in behind it is Maple Leaf Gardens, the house that Smythe built. Wonderful. Great story. He never played in the NHL. Um, but he was a coach and he was an owner and that type of thing. Well, he was alleged to have said that he would pay anyone $10,000 if they could turn Herb Carnegie white. Carnegie uh, was a tremendous player in the NHL, a black man, and never got a chance to play, never got a chance to play in the NHL because of their racial policies. And Conn name you know, came up in discussion and has many times that he allegedly uttered those words. There is no absolute direct quote but he was alleged to have used those words and since nowadays um with black lives matter people paying a lot of attention to those who have been honored those who have been enshrined those who have had statues named after them or streets named after them or trophies named after them we're now looking at all these people going hmm, should we take that away from them Right? Should we should we knock over George Washington's statue because he was a plantation owner and a slave owner? Uh, and should we rename the Conn Smythe Trophy because he allegedly was a racist uh, and had you know and racist policies and was alleged to have spoken those words or words similar to that?
1: What do you think? I feel like I'm back in like a some ethics class in university here and I'm mm-hmm. about to make it's a, this is a fantastic talking point because context is so key. Like when I know like in, in, in in high school we read, or maybe it was university. Actually we read Huckleberry Finn and you know, the whole point that we read it to discuss it in the context of the time in which it was written. And, you know, it's littered with N words and, and such. And uh, because of the, it is of its, of its time. and, man the uh you know $10,000 if you can turn him white is a terrible thing to hear and then you put it in the context of a situation where at that time people of color were not allowed. i believe you'll tell me if i'm wrong but people of color were not allowed to play in the NHL is that a, a, right. right so he placed everything at his time and, and this sounds it could almost be f- framed and I, as him saying that player belongs in the NHL, but his skin is the wrong color and he cannot play in the NHL. I wish his skin was white because then he could help the team. Right. Like if you, exactly. I think it's a slippery slope to take a phrase like that out of context. And then suddenly you're renaming things and tearing down statues. Like there needs to be, um, uh, some, I guess, uh, a me- measured thought and analysis of, of everything. And before you decide, okay, we're better to rename this right. award.
0: And which, what editor or reporter out there is going to say, you know what, let's go after the con smite thing. Let's go do some digging. Let's see if we can find the quote. Let's see if there are other quotes of his or other whatever of him, you know, being a racist. And let's, and then, and and if we can determine that, that there, you know, there's a pattern there, then, then let's kind of put it to a vote and then see if we're comfortable. Um, you know, calling this the Conn Trophy. Uh, And you're right, Mike, it's all about context. Uh, He may not have been the only one. It uh, may have been, it's despicable, of course. At the time, it Mm -hmm. might have been, unfortunately, uh, accepted practice. Right. But here's what I think of. Conn has been dead for many years. Uh, He's got family. He's got grandchildren, -grandchildren. great-grandchildren. And, you know, I'm not sure that they should have to pay for the sins of the grandfather. And I feel this is the way in a lot of cases. That after the fact, if you're going to change the name of something or take something away for that something was done, um, it kind of does a disservice to the rest of the family. And the reason I bring this up is you and I discussed last week about the Kayla Gray, Hal Johnson, Sherry Ford, you know, all that stuff that was going on.
1: Right.
0: Um, and I spoke to Hal Johnson after that, as a matter of fact, we had a nice conversation. He had heard the podcast. Straighten oh. a few things out about a timeline. Okay. Good. But he also mentioned, and he had reached out to Sherry Ford. I'd given him Sherry Ford's uh, contact info, and he had reached out to her because he, you know, Hal Johnson is from a, I mean, his father was a bar, was a, a a black man, uh, an excellent baseball player, and was barnstorming through Saskatchewan when he met Hal's mother. Wow. Small town in Saskatchewan. I didn't know Black that. man, white woman. So Hal grew up in a family like that. In fact, Hal grew up very close to where I did in North York, around the Bathurst and Finch area. Uh, and, and so um hal grew up with a in a mixed family his parents well, you know his mother is white his father's black and hal uh is part of a mixed family now and so uh who else but someone like hal could could discuss these things or could relate to what it's like um in this day and age and what he had to go through um and so anyway they, they reached out but hal had mentioned to me and i don't know i, mean, I guess i could tell this but he and I both knew of this person at TSN that, you know, was alleged to have been the, the, the culprit, let's say, right? Uh, and Hal told me that that person's son had reached out to him to apologize for the sins of the father. That the son, who's a grown man, had reached out to say, hey, look, I I I understand that my father was not the nicest guy or or had said things and done things uh, or was notorious for things and i thought of that and i thought man that has got to be really tough it's got to be really really difficult if oh you're so-and-so's son hey eh? oh, he did this or he was known for something like that so i think about this with whether cons might said didn't say it or whatever and context is everything i think about the family who upon hearing something like that can't do anything about it oh your grandfather was some racist huh and you're trying to live their lives outside of that yet it keeps coming up or you know and so I I, you know unless there's you know solid evidence and it's you know it's a slam dunk that this person did those horrible things and and they should their name should be taken off a trophy or taken off a plaque or or, or their statue should be removed. Like, you know, like uh, Kate Smith in Philadelphia, right. Or any of that stuff. Um, that takes a lot of thought and um, you know, it should not be done, you know, uh, um, in a knee jerk reaction, the way, the way people are toppling certain statues. And I'm not talking about the ones of Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee. All right? right. I'm talking about, you know, when I saw the George Washington statue toppled, I thought George Washington, and you know, people say, "Yeah, the man—he was a slave owner in 1776." Yeah, yeah, okay. No, you're right. You're right. He was, but but does that mean that that statue should be toppled anyway? So, should they name? Should they rename the trophy? I say no. Uh, and
1: uh, I'll I'd need more uh, more research because at this point, I'm going to go with you and say no. We don't need to rename that statue. All right.
0: Okay. The 2020 Major League Baseball season begins July 23rd or 24th and is scheduled to end September 27th with a 60-game schedule. The postseason begins September 29th. The World Series set to begin October 20th, and a potential Game 7 would be played October 28th. The entire schedule is to be released at an unspecified future date. In the meantime, there are several new rules in play. Did you know, Mike, that in regular season extra inning games, from now on, starting in the 10th inning, teams automatically start with a runner at second base. Reminds One of the of, first questions I got was yeah. what if it's, can, can a pitcher be the pinch runner or be the runner at second and then come in to pitch the bottom of the inning? What's the answer no answer so far. No answer, yeah. So a lot of questions are coming up. But what if this, can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Because that runner at second base is not going to be part of the batting order per se, right? He's just going to be a runner. It's right. not going to be the next guy up in the batting order. He's like he a designated runner. runner at second.
1: <laughs> He's, mm-hmm. right? He's like a designated runner. But runner. in slow pitch, the rule was it was the last guy who was out, I think, had to be the person on second. Like, you didn't get to choose anyone on right. second base in slow pitch.
0: Interesting. So we'll be interested to see, because if it's me, and I've got Marcus Stroman of the Mets, I go, hey, Marcus, I might need you to pitch the bottom of the 10th. You go in there as, as my pinch runner, as my designated runner. Yeah, you can't just put your speed, fastest guy on runner, second. Right? No, then, I
1: think it, I think that they'll take that decision out of the manager's uh, control, I think. Right.
0: That's one of the rules. That's one of many rules. Uh, by the way, this rule will not apply to postseason games. And this I have a problem with. To me, a rule is a rule. Not, okay, it's, this is what we do in the regular season, but this is what we do in the – I get it with overtime, with sudden death overtime in hockey. I, I was get was going to say. You get that, right? <laughs> but generally speaking, I mean, I think that the rules should be the same.
1: No, I'm, uh, I think season. it's exactly like that. Like, we're all fine – with a I can't remember the with the way we have overtime in the regular season and then we would never accept that in the playoffs. I think the same applies. Like you'll accept shortening for time purposes. You'll accept some rules in the regular season right. that would be unacceptable in a playoff game. And this is one of so, them.
0: So what about in soccer? The shootout. The the, the Yeah, but none of us like none of
1: us I don't think anyone likes the shootout deciding a championship. But game. I'm saying why can't they just keep playing until someone scores? Because soccer can go 8 hours, 9 well, hours. The,
0: okay, so what's what would the soccer equivalent be of in extra time putting a runner at second base?
1: Oh. <laughs> Is uh, there something?
0: The nets get bigger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to okay, so
0: the rule doesn't apply to postseason games. Uh, by the way, there's going to be a 10 day injured list for both pitchers and position players this year. The 60 day injured list is going to be reduced to 45 days. Rosters are going to be 30 players to start, then there's going to go down to 26 players, then 24 players. Both leagues will use the designated hitter, Mike. Okay, that, that's been a You're long time. We're going to see coming. the DH in the National League for the first
1: time. Right. I know, but it's, that rule, to me, has been a long time coming. Like, it's been the, uh, what do you call it, the, the people who, defending the history of the game, who have been fighting to preserve the, uh, the, 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 the national Leopurus, right? And it really is, like, that, that rule is a good change for fans, I think. I think, it, I think fans want to see a DH in there. I don't know about you. What do you think?
0: I agree with you. You're coming up on 50 years. It's going to be, 1973 was the first year, so 47 years of the designated hitter in the American League. But I'm biased uh, time, because by time you got your act together, I
1: feel right? I'm a little biased there because uh, I'm an American League guy. I'm a Blue Jay yeah. fan, so I feel like yeah. that's what I think it should be because that's how it's been for my Blue Jays. That's right.
0: I think people want to see the long ball. I think people want to see hitters. I think every one of the nine spots in the batting order should be taken up by a guy who can hit the ball. Yes. And I think every time someone takes the mound to throw, that person should be someone who is designed to pitch the ball right what i don't right want here? to see hitters i don't want to see outfielders pitching in the 11th inning or whatever of a game where the pitching staff's been used i'm not interested in that anymore that's why the relief this year by the way a new rule too is a reliever must face three batters none of this one you know one and done with a reliever you lefty lefty that right. reliever has to pitch to three batters that did they another big, new rule this these
1: year. are these are some significant rule changes significant. holy smokes yeah. Team, By the way, the teams, what, Sorry, the teams will
0: not be training in Florida or Arizona. Gee, wonder why. That was the next
1: question, yes.
0: Hot spots for the coronavirus. So I don't know what the Blue Jays are going to do. Several of their staff <clears throat> and players did test positive, you'll recall, a few weeks ago down in Florida. They came in contact with members of the Philadelphia Phillies organization who were nearby. Uh, who knows what happened there? But they obviously were not practicing uh, physical distancing. They weren't wearing masks. You know, this should not be happening. They were left to their own devices. And what did they do? You know, somebody got sick, somebody gave it to somebody else. So the Jays are now hoping to train and play in Toronto, but that is not a given. Uh, Players supposed to report July 1st for testing. According to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, the Players Union advised agents that the Blue Jays are asking permission for the federal government to play the season in Toronto when it begins July 23rd or 24th and expect to hear an answer in the next day or so. If that's approved, the team will then request to conduct spring training at Rogers Centre As well, which might take on additional uh, three or five days to secure that building. So imagine if Toronto had the hub for the Stanley Cup and the Blue Jays were going to be playing training in Rogerson.
1: Where's our priorities? Where's our priorities? Like we all, we're all. And we, in the last four months, have been ridiculous, like like stressful and painful. A lot of people lost their jobs. We shut down the economy. We're 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 trying to you know uh, flatten the curve, as we say. And now we're starting to see some progress here, where it's been the worst year in Toronto. Like we're starting to see the numbers have been under two hundred for uh, how many days in a row. Like it really feels like we're making some progress. Like why would we prioritize? Like why would we take any risks? by letting you know hundreds and hundreds of uh americans in here at this time like i don't understand why we give the sports f- such a priority during a pandemic
0: and i love the first, sports. Wa- the first wave is still going on for sure i hear people going oh the second wave the second wave isn't going to be till the fall the first wave is still going on Okay? Florida, Arizona, you know, the, all these hot spots. And they have as many and, cases
1: and, now as they did at their height in uh, whatever that was, early May or uh, whatever that was.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and so just the idea that cert- and certain countries like Great Britain, Germany, and a few others, now it's not a six-foot rule. It's a it's a three-foot rule. It's one meter now. It's a meter. You only have to be a meter. What's next? Uh, you know, half a meter? I don't know. But, right. but it's okay. obvious that not only are we not out of the woods, but we're taking a huge risk to those who have been safe and have been self-isolating the good people, the ones who have been following the rules. Right. And now we're now going to allow those who don't have the same, um, vested interest in our city, our environment. Right. And I don't like that at all.
1: That's the cottage. I, I don't rule. like that right. at all.
0: Right. Okay. and, and it's sort of like, sort of like immigration in that where are you coming from what's been going on in your country what do we know about you what are you going to do to improve life here in canada or or might you if we let you into canada might you cause problems here for the good citizens of this country and it's sort of like that it's like you know well, we're not letting you in our borders and we're going to we're going to lobby the government to say no
1: uh uh-uh. uh Priority one should be the health and safety of Canadians. Like that should be priority one. 1A, 2, 3, and 4. Right, right. And whether, you know, making sure that professional leagues satisfy television commitments so they can all share their billion dollars or whatever, like to me, that's a distant, like a really, really low priority at this time.
0: I do feel sorry for all my friends in sports media not news media because they got lots to do, but sports media, you know, used to covering sports, live events, whatever. And there's no game. I feel bad because there's so many of them and uh, television, radio, you know, um, online newspaper, whatever it is, there's tons. And of course, everyone that's associated, it has jobs that are employed by, by these uh, teams, these organizations, the, you're, you're talking so many people, and good people too. You
1: could do the same. And naturally, with music if venues, I were one of them,
0: yeah. I would want anything to get baseball, anything to get hockey back. That's my livelihood. I will get paid again. And and to you know to say, what's more important: a few people getting the coronavirus uh, and me getting paid and being able to pay my mortgage and whatever, or me not getting paid and everybody being safe? And this is where a lot of people are like they're faced with a real dilemma. Right. It's like, do I take a bullet for my sergeant in the war? Right. Or do I let him take the bullet and save myself and my family?
1: It, that sounds awfully uh, selfish to me.
0: Yeah. But again, as Canadians, uh, we should be selfish in looking after ourselves
1: first. No, I meant unless to, they, to. Unless to, these uh, were desperate
0: yeah. people that were trying to come to Canada, Mike, if they were desperate people.
1: Oh, like refugees.
0: Right. Yeah, that's be, a different we are, category. We would, we're
1: humanitarians.
0: <laughs> But we don't have to be humanitarians when it comes to Major League Baseball or National Hockey League.
1: No. No, no. You can't compare Okay.
0: After a record 22 seasons played over four decades, that's a record as well. The 90s, the 2000s, the teens, and now the 2020s, Vince Carter has announced his retirement from basketball. Of course, Vince Sanity was a polarizing figure who left Toronto on bad terms after a sensational career whereby he might well have been the most influential. Athlete that this country has ever seen. And I don't say those words lightly. I'm talking about influencing a generation of people to play and love and embrace basketball. We had plenty of people that loved hockey before Bobby Orr, Gordy Howard, or Wayne Gretzky came along. We did. We had basketball fans here following the Steve Nash's of the world in the early 2000s. But man, When Vince Carter started doing those things on the court, and Toronto became the center of attention, it was magic. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta admit that, Mike. It was wow. I don't know anything about basketball. I remember Vince Carter.
1: (laughs) I remember (laughs) slam dunk contest. I mean, all of that. It's Oba. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh a. this is the only team I got to enjoy the birth of that. I, I mean, I mean, I right. don't count TFC because I don't know much about soccer, but right. like team. So I was there for day one because I'm of an age for my, my whole adult life, I got to watch Raptors and uh, yeah, there was nothing like it, man. Vinsanity is the best, uh, best phrase for that. It was amazing. As you know,
0: it was fast. So the question now is, and now he left on bad terms, should the Raptors raise his number 15 Jersey to the Raptors and retire it for good?
1: Do you want me to go first or do you want to share your uh, opinion? Me first. Okay. My opinion is, and I vividly remember how he literally quit on this team. I also know context is everything. We've talked about that today quite a bit. And uh, you have to look at management at the time. And there's a whole bunch of, it's not just, it's not like uh, Austin Matthews stopped trying because he wanted out of Toronto. Like there really is a lot of factors at play. And, I was angry at Vince for a long time. I was booing him for a long time. And then I guess I suddenly looked at the bigger picture and I stopped I stopped hating Vince Carter and I started to appreciate what he brought to the city and how he played for years. And I would say it's a no-brainer. I'm going to use an analogy that basketball uses. It's a slam dunk. Of course, you retire number 15.
0: Here's the way I look at it. If the Raptors were to announce that they were going to, bring in Vince Carter and retire his Jersey. I don't believe there'd be a couple of people. Boo! we hate the way you left. Oh, sure. But I think that that place would be packed if it could be. And the love, especially when they show the Vince Carter highlight reel, I think all will be forgiven. Now you're always going to get people that like, you know, the way he left, you know, I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive him after a while. Like you say, I think that if they were to make that announcement, I think almost everybody would go well-deserved. He should be recognized and that there would be a real love fest for the guy. And he might well say, you know, Hey folks, I, I, I feel bad about the way I left here. I have to tell you though, I loved it and whatever. And you know, let's let bygones be bygones and thanks for honoring me. I think it would be a special moment. So I say that the Raptors should invite Vince Carter back, let bygones be bygones, raise number 15, to the rafters and i here's another thing raptors they'll make a ton of money by selling vince carter retro jerseys <laughs> right you know how many people listen I, I i know kids that like had never seen vince carter play i mean they saw him play at the end of his career young right. young kids okay and to show them youtube videos where see this guy he played for toronto this is a generation of this is like people that never saw bobby orr play but are bobby orr fans Right, I never saw him play. He quit in the 70s, but they heard about the legend of well, Bobby It was or. their
1: dad's favorite player. That's what happens there.
0: Throwback, and they're wearing Bobby Orr throwback. Think of all the kids that are wearing throwback jerseys of players they never saw play.
1: I wear a Bill Barilco. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw him play. Go. So let's retire that number. Right? I like that we agree here because there are those people, and I see in the media too, there are these people who are like, the man quit on this team. He should never have his number retired. I'm like, Oh, it must be nice to, like, like have your life. Everything's got to line up ideally and perfect, right. like you're, you're scripting right. some kind of a movie or whatever. Retiring number 15 by the Toronto Raptors, I seriously think it's a no-brainer, and it's absolutely going to happen as soon as it's safe to do so. Right. Did, um,
0: I think I, did we mention uh, the Austin Matthews things? I mentioned it in passing, but did I yeah. ask you if you were in Steve Simmons' shoes and you had the name, the Austin Matthews' name? And remember, a lot of athletes' names have been out there um you know um having tested positive for the coronavirus like tons of but right? if you look but at each not case, the NHL and right. not in major league baseball no players have been named from major league baseball or from the NBA or sorry or from uh, NHL but many NBA players have many NFL players have coaches like Sean Payton golfers like Nick Watney you know but you've got Ezekiel Elliott, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Marcus Smart, Kevin Durant, Sean Payton, Nick Watley, uh, Watney, Vaughn Miller, Graham McDowell. These are professional athletes. Novak Djokovic, for crying out loud. So there's, But no mention of a hockey player or a major league baseball player. But Steve Simmons got the name and he printed it.
1: Yes. What's your opinion? Uh, From a reporter perspective, which Steve Simmons is, I think, yes, I think you uh, should report that name if you've confirmed it and corroborated it. Where it gets a little sticky here is when you work for a company that has a policy on such matters. Like, obviously, the Toronto Sun has no such policy, uh, but... TSN and Sportsnet, I believe, have a policy where if the player hasn't, like the player or the agent or the team hasn't uh, confirmed it, you can't report the name. Like, I think that's what's happening. I believe that's what's happening here. So Sportsnet has never mentioned Austin Matthews uh, testing positive for COVID because Austin himself or his agent or the team has never officially made that statement.
0: Yeah, well, i got to tell you something, Mike. Uh, The guy signed, what, five years, $58 million, okay? Uh, We're not talking about revealing his sexual preferences or we're talking about a guy who could potentially infect the entire Toronto Maple Leaf team. And if he were to get sick, um, he might never be the player that he was ever again. You talk to people who have suffered from COVID-19 and months and months after the, you know, they've, they've, um, um, battled the disease and, uh, and, and, uh, uh, you know, we're no longer suffering from it. They're still having problems. I-, I tell you what, I think it's important. I think if you knew the name, any reporter, if I'm a reporter and I and I get this name, and the day before they had mentioned that Ezekiel Elliott of the Dallas Cowboys had gotten it, I'm going to say, look, you know, our policy is you've got the story. You've got it corroborated. If you don't report it, then you're
1: not a reporter. Right, yeah. If well, you have that information right. and you don't report
0: it, and you're not a very good reporter.
1: Well, this what I'm saying is uh, basically the same as you, except I'm also adding in that element that if you are, I'm going to make up a name. If you're Elliot Friedman, I'm making this up. I have no idea, if Elliot, whatever. But Elliot Friedman wants to has will follow Sportsnet policies in order to stay on the you know for employment purposes. Okay, but he's Sportsnet's not an independent a partner of the National Hockey League. They're Yes, partners. But that and I'm not saying I'm saying They're partners. Steve partners. should have done what One he did. One can't work without the other. Right. Okay. I guess there's I'm an more... understanding
0: right. of Sportsnet and TSN that you guys are rights holders. Okay. And you and from a journalism standpoint, you've got to look at your position as a rights holder first. The Toronto Sun has no such issue. None. Right. Right. None. Right. Okay. And that's the freedom of the press. The freedom of the press is this. Get the, now a lot of people are saying, "Oh, Steve Simmons, the hot dog stuff." look, if this is if any, has anyone disputed this? Has anyone come out and said that's not true? Austin Matthews did not test positive oh, no, no, for COVID nineteen. No, have there been any denials? No. Okay, so so Steve Simmons, as a good reporter, has a source. Now he might have had one source that was an impeccable source. Okay, pick a name. Someone with
1: knowledge that's impeccable.
0: It says, "Yeah, it was Matthews." Right, All right. He doesn't have to corroborate that source.
1: Well, if he it's coming from like source. Shanahan or something, like it depends who it is, right. right? Yes, but that's he's exactly a, right. he's a, He's a veteran reporter. He knows, yeah, the yeah. difference.
0: And there's many ways of finding out. He could have talked to Austin Matthews' father, and he could have said, "I hear Austin tested positive for COVID," and his father might have gone, "Well, where'd you hear that?" Well, guess what? That's a that's a that's a confirmation. Well, perhaps you and I but have both broke
1: stories. Like we both know, before we go, lo- before we break a story, yeah, we're certain it's true. Like I've broken stories, nothing on that level. But right. uh, Simmons was well within his right, I believe. You know, it's a good reporter. He should disclose the name. But no, no, Mike, Mike, it's the opposite.
0: Had he not, re- had he not reported that? Had he had that knowledge and not reported it? Right, someone found out. He could been fired. You had a story, and you didn't use it. We're in the news business. We're in the breaking stories business. We're in the scooping business. You don't think the editors at the Toronto Center are going, screw these guys from Sportsnet and TSN. We're reporters here. We report the freaking story. A sure. simple Simple case of reporting is you get a source. If You get a second source to corroborate that, a second independent source to corroborate that. And even if you're not sure, you go and get a third source. If your source is impeccable, you don't need a second source. Right. If it's the guy's father, or his agent or the owner of the team or something like that unless it's so Kawhi somebody, Leonard's uncle and that's a whole different story the ball. somebody somewhere <laughs> had this information and it ended up getting into Steve Simmons's hands and when you get a nugget like that baby you print it
1: oh sure you print it sure but do, i want to i think people want to hear your thoughts on this policy that Sportsnet, tsn are have here that they're not like despite the fact that Steve Simmons, like, like they, they're they not reporting this news on sports. I don't like
0: it. I don't like it. And I, again, you see your, look, Elliot, Elliot Friedman's a journalist. He's a journalist. If he's got a story to chase down and he's got information on the story, he's, but in this particular case, I don't think he ever pursued it uh, because of the policy. I'll bet you that if he were working Independently somewhere and not for one of the rights holders, he would absolutely have the same story that Steve Simmons did. For sure, absolutely, right? Any good reporter, and and, and this talk that oh, nobody's gonna talk to Steve Simmons when he goes into the Leaf locker room now—that's that, bullshit. <laughs> he did his job. Simple as that. It's and not that's like Simmons was that's beloved my, my, that's before my this, job.
1: right? But, Right. I had a son on my show, Jeff Simmons, who tells a story of walking into the Leafs dressing room when, like, this is like the Shane Corson, Ty Domi era. And they were cursing out his dad back then. Like, it's, it's Steve Simmons is that kind of reporter. He's not, he's not, he's not a beloved, warm and fuzzy reporter. But who is? Uh, well, that's it. That's, this is where, I'm this, saying, I'm this saying, is, no.
0: Mike, uh, Mike, uh, the when part, I want my right. sports news... I'm not looking for someone warm and fuzzy. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trashing Simmons well, here. I don't Simmons care if you're here. warm and fuzzy. I want the facts. Right. I want to know that you dug for that story. Right. I want to know that that story's true. And... I want the background, the sidebar. I want the story. That's the problem. If Austin Matthews. If Austin Matthews, okay, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the same Austin Matthews that pulled his pants down a year ago. Right. Okay. Right. And embarrassed the franchise. And they tried to cover that up. Right. Right. I want to know. And I think I don't think there's any Leaf fan out there that would say, no, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if Austin Matthews is tested positive. They all want to know. I'm
1: with you, man. I would have done the same thing. I'm with you. That's the problem when the media works for the company that is a partner of the league they're covering. This is the problem. Right.
0: And now before I talk about Mackenzie Hughes, who I've been following since he was a teenager, and I've been telling you what a great golfer he is from Dundas, Ontario, let me tell you about Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. They're taking every precaution during this pandemic to ensure your safety and enjoyment. Outstanding golf, million-dollar views, and I expect to shoot my career best there this year. That's a promise. If you want to experience public golf at its finest, go to crosswindsgolf.com. I was there with my kids a few weeks ago, had a fantastic time. I'm going out next week again, and uh, they've taken every precaution that, that you know what? It's, um, it's the easiest sport in the world to to physical distance. The toughest thing is to not high five your partner <laughs> or fist bump your partner after he knocks in a birdie putt. Right. And the way I played a few weeks ago, I was, that's what I wanted more than it. I mean, I, I knocked in a couple of putts and immediately it's like, yeah, high five. Sorry, Mark, we can't give you a high five. Right. I wanted that high five, but I understood. So it was like a punch in the air and it was like from a distance. Anyway, go to CrosswindsGolf.com now, book your tea times, and uh, we'll see you out there. Tell them Hebsy sent you. So Mackenzie Hughes from Dundas, Ontario, uh, went to high school with my sons, was you know, one of those, I don't want to say golf nerds, but you know, the kid's a teenager and he's shooting in the 70s. And, you know, looks, he's gonna look, you know, he wants to be a pro golfer. Yeah. Everybody, every teenager that shoots in the 70s expects to be a pro golfer. Well, this guy is. And yesterday, he shot a mind-numbing 10 under par 60 in the opening round of the Travelers Championship. Now, I know what you're thinking. Has a Canadian ever shot a round lower than 60? And the answer is yes. Adam Hadwin. Right. Started a 59 back in January of 2017 in the third round of the Career Builder Championship. 59, Mike. I remember. Didn't win the tournament, though. Finished second. So what happens in the early rounds and even what happens in the third round when Adam Hadwin had his 59, still got to play four rounds of golf, still got to play 72 holes of golf. So uh, McKenzie, Hughes off to a great start. He was off to a great start last week too, and he didn't make the cut. So it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. He tees off at 1.30 this afternoon for round two. And by the way, Adam Hadwin, a few weeks Uh, A couple of months, actually, after that uh, 59, where he finished second, he won his first and only PGA tournament, the Valspar Championship. So it's coming soon for Mackenzie Hughes.
1: Cool. That's exciting. For the first
0: time since the inception of the English Premier League, Liverpool are champions. First time ever. The Reds had to wait for Chelsea to defeat Man City yesterday in order to celebrate their championship. Hard to believe that with all their great teams over the years, Liverpool had never won the Premier League. Mike, Liverpool now has as many titles as Blackburn and Leicester City.
1: One. It's like you're – it's funny. The, uh, I completely lack the context to know if Liverpool was ever any good. Uh, were they Like, I have no idea. I just yeah, know the Beatles really good, came from but there. But just
0: not good enough to win the, the Premier League.
1: Okay. And your team is the uh, Tottenham Spurs, right? So uh, Tottenham Hotspur, yes. Right. they uh, uh, won none.
0: They haven't won any.
1: Okay. we are so, not going to
0: win this year. Yet. Well, they be, didn't win this year because it's going to be Liverpool. And they may not win for a few years.
1: So, or ever. I don't know. So thank, thankfully the Raptors won because between your love of the Leafs and the Spurs, uh, you haven't had a lot of celebrating to do. No.
0: And the Blue Jays. And remember, uh, I, I've been following them since day one. Like you with the Raptors, I was there for the birth of the Blue Jays. Right. Right. And I waited many years. I waited a decade from the time that the Toronto Maple Leaf triple team left Toronto many Sundays at Christie pits, watching professional baseball or semi pro baseball until the Blue Jays came in 77. And let me tell you, that was very exciting. I'll bet. Uh, uh, And you know what? My parents, were baseball fans way before me. In fact, today is my mom's 88th birthday. Wow. She still doesn't know what a podcast is. Happy <laughs> birthday to my mom, Sylvia Hepshire. She's 88 today. And here's how big a sports fan my mom and dad are. For their honeymoon in 1952, my folks went to New York City and saw baseball games at Yankee Stadium, Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, and the Polo Grounds, and went to a Broadway show. Wow. They saw three baseball games in three iconic stadiums in New York. Wow. The Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Giants right. on their honeymoon.
1: Amazing. So there's
0: where my love of sports comes.
1: Happy Happy birthday, 88. What a great uh, what a great number. My so
0: and that'll wrap it up. Episode 191 of Hebsey on Sports is done. Thanks, as always, to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Thanks to our great sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. Great Golf, Million Dollar Views. You'll have the time of your life. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. My book's still available. Father's Day's Gone. and That's okay. The book's still going. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, MarkHepshire at gmail.com. And uh, order your copy of, uh, from me, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of. The book right here. There it is. Um, Story of George Washington Orton, the first Canadian to win an Olympic gold medal back in 1900. And then became part of, uh, I don't know, ended up in history's dustbin. Uh, The amazing story. uh, uh, And it's also available on on audiobooks as well. So check that out. um, And, uh, you know, uh, I can wet my beak maybe a little bit. You'll call me. I'll give you an autographed copy. Uh, We'll exchange a couple of dollars and uh, you'll enjoy the story very much. Uh, And so thanks for allowing us into your headspace and for uh, listening to this podcast. Back with another exciting edition next week. Until then, so long for now.